for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Megan Graney. How's it going today, Megan? It's good. It's uh, 7 a.m. here in Los Angeles. Woo! Right and early. <laughs> I, it's always funny because for whatever reason, every podcast that I book on a Sunday, they're always out in L.A. And it's like, Really? Yeah. Every Sunday podcast. It's like, I don't know if you guys just get up early or if it's, you know, whatever, like Sunday, the Sunday podcast is the only one that I book early. Oh, interesting. And so, yeah. So it's just, it's always interesting, but (laughs) I, I appreciate you waking up early and getting the show on the road. Yeah. Um, I've been up since 4am. But oh my gosh that's, that's neither here nor there you're the mind. you're like the early bird gets the worm well no i got my second covid vaccination yesterday and okay. i woke up at 4 a.m and i was like felt the worst i have ever felt in my life no yeah like and boom. still still feeling the same way while doing this. and so i uh woke up at four and i was like i had like just pains, aches, cold sweats. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I didn't feel this way after the first one. What's going on? And I got up and I just started moving around. I took some aspirin and everything just kind of started to subside a bit. And I'm like, all right, cool. I don't have to make that weird call at 8 a.m. or whatever it is. Say, hey, do this podcast. But nope, we got it under control and I'm excited. So what a trooper. I was not, you are powering through. (laughs) <laughs> I feel a lot better. Had I woke up at 8.30 feeling the way I felt at 4 a.m., we would have definitely not be having this conversation right now. For sure. No, that was that was a good call. But oh, my God. Luckily, I woke up at 4 o'clock, and I was just like, oh, man, I, it's like 30 degrees outside. I shouldn't be sweating right now. What is going on here? So, and oh, yeah. I got up and, but once I got moving and took some aspirin, I was good. So That's awesome. But... I'm really excited to have you on. I know you're going to be on our fundraising podcast next week. So this is going to be kind of a fun precursor to that interview. Exactly. Um, For all the people that don't know who you are or kind of what your uh, backstory is, what is your backstory into music? What got you into music? Uh, Sure. So what really got me into music was uh, choir. That's a nerd alert. Um, I basically was singing in groups since I was... Uh, a wee little me um, since elementary school and on. And then once it kind of kicked into high school, college, that's when I started really wanting to do more actual, oh, let me study this and like get a degree and, and learn some theory and, and do the thing. And then I ended up just going to um, Berkeley College of Music in Boston. So that way I could actually study vocal jazz and then kind of shifted into a music business management degree um, just because I found it fascinating how many loopholes and nuances there are with artists and 
all the things that we should just be aware of in general yeah. on the business side. Yeah. <laughs> so for I worked sure, at, sure. yeah. And I worked at, um, I basically did a zigzag in my career where it was like, I started singing young. That was always kind of what fueled my soul from the get go and made mm -hmm. me happy and brought me joy. And then like adulthood me was like, maybe you should learn. I think I just was, yearning for like well-roundedness yeah because yeah. i had heard some horror stories with people just getting taken advantage of um oh, by yeah. the industry which is pretty common sad to say yeah that that, that story is a very common tale but yeah, uh, yeah so. which is like awful <laughs> so um and then i moved out to los angeles maybe five years ago okay that that chunk has flown by um, it's become a blur in a good way though. And I ended up getting sucked into the film scoring world. Mm -hmm. And that basically just means those who compose music for film and TV, they're marrying the music to the picture. Mm -hmm. And I was doing more assistant work where I was actually still on the business end, but like managing a studio and helping coordinate sessions for orchestra players mm -hmm. and choir singers who are doing like those epic cues in the background Mm -hmm. um, and when you're sitting in the chair, you don't really realize all the things that are happening to shape how you feel yep. in the seat. But um, I got to see music from that perspective and was just more of a, a coordinator role, a management role, um, and was working for film composers in that capacity for like four years. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until... Um, Last year, I started thinking about really writing my own songs and diving into my own body of work. And I think the stuff that I learned from like directors and producers, how they really good ones tend to layer a ton of symbolism within picture. So you might be looking at something for 30 seconds, but there's so many messages just within that one mm -hmm. visually, the dialogue, also the music. Um, and that, that I really appreciated that kind of art. So I started adapting. It's not a new thing. I just, I've adapted a lot of that into my storytelling with my own songs, um, and just started writing my own songs. I think the album will be done top of 22, 2022. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then we we released waves at the end of august and that was pretty much an homage to anyone grieving um i had lost my dad last year mm -hmm. um to more of like a long-term illness with heart failure over mm -hmm. 20, like 12 years yeah of my life but it was really more to anyone who's just kind of going through a massive shift either mm -hmm. with family or friends and it doesn't even need to be extreme loss of a parent or a family member. It could honestly just be people being like, this person doesn't resonate with me anymore. I think we're going to take some space and <laughs> uh, just kind of going through the motions of life. So each song on the album has specific emotional themes that I uh, wrote to and me and my co-writer Mitchell Hauser I would basically come to him with lyrics and a melody and, a, and like a vision idea of what I was hearing in my brain 
and he can kind of play four instruments fluently and would just start helping compose the foundation and then we would layer from there and it would end up being most of the songs sound pretty cinematic which was awesome yeah it's like a very um it's what i had hoped to be and then more because there's much more magic when you actually work with other people to like make something come into fruition you know yeah absolutely absolutely yeah there's a lot that I want to jump into off of what you just said. So I'm trying to figure out where to I just in. threw everything at you. But let's, <laughs> let's talk about you're originally from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then you ended up going to Berkeley and Boston. Is that yes, how did you kind of conf- get from San that's Francisco? That's confusing. <laughs> Only because there's UC Berkeley in yeah. California, and then there's Berkeley with two E's at the end yeah. in Boston. Yeah. So, um, how did you get from San Francisco to Boston? Had you been living in Boston, or was it just always some place you wanted to go? I think I ended up doing my first two years of college at Sonoma State. So, that's like up near Napa and wine country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was still singing there, but the it was a much more smaller program, which was great. I think my teachers were saying, if you really want to go heavy into like vocal jazz specifically, or, or learn more soulful genres, um, instead of just being like a trained classical mezzo soprano your whole life and doing opera, (laughs) which wasn't really resonating me for a long-term situation. Um, they kept mentioning Berkeley. So that was a whole extensive process of an application and audition getting in and then seeing, okay, how can we make this happen and make the move um, across the country? Cause my whole family is like from the Bay area. They're more from um, if you have San Francisco on the left and then you cross the bridge, then there's Oakland and Berkeley. They're from the East Bay. They're from over there. So, okay everyone's over in in northern california and then afterwards then i made my way back to my home state but then went south South. yep to to go into the major hub of it yeah absolutely has uh you've been in la now for five years you moved to la directly after you graduated from berkeley i actually i went back to the east bay to try and um it's much more tech oriented there's definitely a niche scene going on there I think with more, at least from what I've been learning, like with the Bay Area, even Seattle, it's like you have to establish yourself in like New York or LA first, and then you can go once you've had um, time and are connected to the right people in order for you to do that. But I ended up um, taking a year off in between almost two years to actually help take care of my dad and be a caretaker and help my mom and took a major chunk of time to just reprioritize my life Mm -hmm. and help them and be present. And I can say that that was, it was tough, but it was time very much needed. I, I would, I think if I was like 50 year old me, I would maybe regret not doing certain choices in that order. So that was, that was worth it. And then once my mom was like, okay, we're good. We seem to be stable. She was like, fly free, fly free, (laughs) go, 
go to LA. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels in there with what you were just talking about in my life, because I was in a similar situation. Really? My dad had prostate cancer, not heart, uh, heart problems. And I was living in Tallahassee, Florida, working for a TV station down there. And my parents mm-hmm. live in the East coast. So like South Florida, but on the East coast there. Okay. Um, and so luckily I was in Tallahassee when he got diagnosed, he was like, all right, I'm going to, if we can get on this quick, I'm going to be fine. You know, right. we're going to, uh, go do some chemo or not chemo, uh, proton radiation treatment. And wow. unless my body just completely rejects everything, you know, we'll be fine. And so, yeah. He went up to Jacksonville, him and my mom, and I would go out and visit him every weekend just because I, it was a three-hour drive versus mm-hmm. six hours or whatever it was prior, so it was a lot easier for me to pull off those, those drives, and I'd go out there and make sure they're good, and then my dad gets to a point where he's like, okay, you're good, and I come out here to Texas, and then... But a year later, my mom gets diagnosed. We'll, and we'll get into that a lot oh more my next gosh. week. She got diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. Okay. So I ended up going back down to Florida for three months and yeah, to kind of help my mom and my dad and all that fun stuff. So, right. Yeah. And, we'll and are, are you an only sibling? No. Um, my I have a sister. She's was she three years younger than me. Um, yeah. So I have a younger sister, but she's already married and all that stuff. So she sure. was trying to keep her home life in balance. And she's got a job that isn't as flexible as mine. Mine, Like I do uh, work for a TV station as a creative producer. So I just okay. like, edit commercials and yeah. graphics and all that fun stuff. So I could technically do that anywhere. Right. And they're like, yo, go to Florida. Your mom's like really sick. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you work, anything right. you have to shoot, we can do it. So, right. You know, it, it ended up being a bad scenario, but I was glad I got to be there. So, exactly. Yeah. I know it's a weird, it's like a such a bittersweetness because you just yeah. can't replace time. Yep. Absolutely. You know? And then yeah. I was listening as I was preparing for this interview. I was listening to waves and I started picking up on a lot of the symbolism in there. And I was like, huh? Okay. <laughs> you know, and as, yeah. as I was listening to it, it was just like, this all makes sense now. So yeah. Oh, whoa. That's crazy. I yeah. know. And then all of the, they're kind of like little light bulb moments, yeah, like yeah. little connections where that's happening, which is, so great because most of the friends that I have who have lost someone mm-hmm. or have not even that, you do kind of go through a weird version of grief mm-hmm. when you're taking in a caretaker position, especially yeah. with a terminal illness mm-hmm. um, and or, or at least something that's long term, too. So I feel like a lot of the friends and family and people who are starting to discover me, um, that was kind of hitting home. I was a little nervous to kind of, I'm like, I'm a new artist, but I was like, mm, going to write it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hope, I it, mean, hope it you, lands. You got it out there and it's a really good song. 
I, I love waves. It's it's on my playlist now. So it's gonna oh, be, awesome. It's going to be there. Um, what since since we're talking about that song specifically, mm-hmm. how long ago did you write that song? Oh my. It was maybe summertime. Okay. The summertime, beginning of the summer. Okay. Maybe a little. I think it the the idea started birthing itself in spring, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because it's like paralleling nature. Yeah. Um, and then we finished it by like beginning of August. Yeah. Um, and then it was good to go. I mean, it was, I think that song was such a cathartic experience for me because even the way I was able to sing on it, Mitchell, my co-writer was like, this would be cool if we did layers of background vocals of just me. And it, it's like making you feel like the tide is like coming in and like coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and things like that. And he played piano and I was like, I just want it to feel like this like ethereal rolling effect where you're kind of like suspended yeah. in time, um, almost meditative in a way. Mm. Um, and he was like, okay, we can do this. <laughs> I was actually going to ask who it was playing piano. It was yeah. Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's pretty much, he's the guy that is playing almost most of the instruments on every song um on borrowed time we actually had real horn players like actual session players uh do that but he can do he can play bass and guitar and piano and i'm probably missing a few but those are like those those are like the for the main three that he can jump on and like he can play drums and stuff but like those three he's like a many people in one so if i have ideas he's got such a good ear if i sing certain lines to him he can like work it out on an instrument so it's really nice where if like i get a a ping of of some kind of creativity and then he's like i got you i can i can actually get this onto the instrument you want and i'm like (laughs) woo, yeah so you you got the um album you're you don't have a specific date but you're thinking beginning of 2022 hopefully i think so yeah i'm just finishing um there's five songs that are done okay and then i'm finishing a sixth one okay so i'm trying to finish that the last one, um, so you know, be like a long EP almost. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it gets into that weird point of five, six songs. Do you still consider that an EP or is it? I know. And then I had or... to look up the technicalities. It was like, if it's minimum of 30 minutes, then it's considered an album or something like that. I was like, oh my gosh, all the, all the terminology. But yeah, yeah it'll, I think we might do like a cool um intro outro yeah just to kind of set you up um and into that zone so and we're gonna order it at i mean as every artist i would imagine but we're gonna order each song as like a portal for you to kind of enter Mm -hmm. into like an emotional um experience and waves was much more about like catharsis and and grief and and that but in like a very peaceful hopeful way yeah um 
and borrowed time was like gratitude. So are you going to look at doing a third single to promote the upcoming album or is that not? I am. Nice. Great question. <laughs> I have yeah, to ask, we... you know, cause it's like, it, there's still plenty of time that you could oh, make sure. third single out, but you know, I sometimes know. off those EPs, you don't want to give what, give everything away as a single, but you know, this is ask. true. Okay. This is true. And then at the same time, you're trying to like, I know friends who've dropped like full projects and then like no one heard any of it because the attention span has changed so much for mm -hmm. people to even absorb and like yeah. intake music and even like really genuinely want to care about yeah. someone that's releasing anything just because there's so much going on at yeah. the same time too. Um, so the third song we're, I think we we've landed on the date. It was going to be Friday, December 10th. Okay. So right before Christmas. Um, and that song is called love the lie. And it's basically just about, you know, how can I explain this when you're around your friends or your family or coworkers, there's a certain version of you that you're kind of presenting. I would imagine most people are pretty consistent on yeah. some level, but there are definitely things that we just like consciously choose to omit in certain scenarios, either to protect ourselves or to whatever intention is behind that. So to me, I was like, oh, no, this kind of seems like, I mean, I, I feel like all of us do this on some level in some form, not in a negative way. It just kind of is a human nature thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it would be really cool to write a song that's like honoring no matter what you're showing me, I'm still loving it. Even the, even if the version of the truth of you that I'm getting is like, could partially be a lie. Cause I feel like only the actual person knows what's going on with them at all times, no matter what. So I don't know. That was kind of my, that was my concept, but it's a very like, um, it's a similar vibe to borrow time where it's like a soulful groove. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy with it. We got the artwork back. There's, our graphic designer killed it. There's some really good symbolism within that um, as well. And it's basically just like a lot of stuff that I write about too, like is about confronting your shadow self, basically all of the yummy, dark parts of you that <laughs> we tend to resist yeah. for, for life. So I think after my dad had passed away it was a very big reality check on um my quality of life mm -hmm. and things that i really needed to look at within myself and mm -hmm. nurture myself and take care of myself um i had a tendency of putting a lot of other people first not in a bad way that mm -hmm. just came with like me not um prioritizing me which is kind yeah. of easy to do when like you really care <laughs> yeah. yeah and i i definitely relate to that on mm -hmm. a lot of levels because after my mom passed i started realizing that i force myself to do stuff even if i don't want to do it now there's like 
there's a difference in just toughing it out and sticking with it versus Mm -hmm. just straight up forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do. And I was doing that for a long time and I was kind of ignoring and I was producing a lot of bad content because it's like, "Eh, well, I don't really want to talk to this person. You know, it's (laughs) like they, they, they don't have anything that I'm interested in. You know, there's just nothing I really want to talk about. Right. And so then after my mom passed, it just kind of became a lot of, I'm not feeling this podcast today. So I'm going to tell them, Hey, we need to reschedule or Hey, we need to cancel, you know, whatever it is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your filter gets a little bit more refined Yeah. after you are like around um, someone facing their own mortality Mm -hmm. because you in your own way are like doing, doing it with them, but with yourself. Yep. Absolutely. Too. So I am, I totally resonate with that. (laughs) And that's why after next weekend's like podcast marathon thing, that fundraiser, I've got six weeks marked off in the calendar and I'm doing my best to hold myself to that, that break and just kind of reset. There was a point there where I found myself trying to book stuff during that time, just like off off the records. Right. I'm like, no. You have six weeks off for a reason. Right. Take it. You know? Yeah. So I've, yeah. Already, I've already got the full screen made for social. Be like, I'm on break. If you need me, contact me January 1. That's Ooh. it. And it's going yeah. on all my social medias. So that's amazing. You're like taking quality time for me. Yep. See you <laughs> on exactly, the other side. <laughs> that's exactly what's going on. And then hopefully... I don't come out January one and just completely burn myself into the ground. Cause I'm known to do that. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, it's an easy thing to do. Like yeah. our culture, like rewards it and incentivizes it. Like I, I burned out maybe pretty quick coming into Los Angeles. Cause you just, you can work, mm-hmm. you just work. Yeah. And my system got ran into the ground. I was like, Oh no, I was not listening to my body and my body was like, Hey, we're doing all, all signs of cries for help. And you are not acknowledging this. And (laughs) so now we're going to just shut you down because you're not listening. Which is usually how it goes. It's like little whispers and then it's like screams. (laughs) Yep. Yep, Absolutely. And then, um, you, you kind of brought this up a little bit ago. How's, life in LA been obviously LA is a different animal altogether Mm -hmm. than Northern California and Boston with it being the entertainment hub and people can get sucked up in the life really quick and just kind of you know so how how's the adaptation been for you how's the LA life been for you obviously you'd mentioned you got yourself burned out pretty quickly but for sure um first moving here was definitely a a lifestyle adjustment and also just like um, absorbing the different kinds of people here. I mean, there's, there's so much good here too. If you're able to like super focus and not get distracted and not, you know what I mean? Um, Just because there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, I definitely had to adjust to the culture here. Um, and I'm still adjusting to culture here sometimes where there's just, there's a lot, 
it's just finding it took me a bit to find like my tribe so to speak mm. where like you just got to find your people and find the good people who um just resonate naturally resonate with you and like your work ethic and what you have to offer and like really value you um i think everyone kind of learns a lesson here of like your value and self-worth when you first start out because when you're beginning um it's just easy to not, not even settle you just have to like work your way up the totem pole mm -hmm. and start from ground zero yep um and i understand why that paradigm exists but i don't necessarily agree with it yeah. um just because it takes it takes advantage of a lot of younger people who don't have a precedent to compare it to anything else yeah. to i did just because i had worked in boston before i had moved down here so it was interesting for me to kind of like really have to swallow like my pride and my yeah. ego and just like get super humbled, still get humbled all the time. Yeah. Um, and the, the only thing I can say is that there is for sure a layer of superficialness yep. and what it's just, it's, this area is so interesting because you can see like people who are living in a totally different realm, a reality of resources mm -hmm. than other people. Yeah. Um, so to kind of like live in that paradox is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just a very interesting thing to observe when you're here because it's like highly condensed areas and sometimes the people match the setting and sometimes they don't you get like nice surprises of people who are like um just have incredible character mm -hmm. and want to pass on that that wisdom and want to help people yeah. you know and like i i would say like to to find a mentor and people who like are really seeing potential in younger people that's a massive game changer than to feel like you're like overwhelmed and trying to carve out your path here um and it's not to be a negative nancy it's just the reality here yeah. like this this city is kind of a beast to yeah. survive in and just like uh standard of living costs yeah. <laughs> i mean i can only imagine what it costs to live in la like i've got a couple of friends out there that are in the film business and mm -hmm. they're they just recently started really getting on, like getting themselves to a point where they're not eating ramen noodles. Right. 20 yeah. times, you know. Um, rationing. <laughs> yeah, they're rationing <laughs> off their instant ramen just so they can have something to eat later in the day. For um, sure. So how, how has LA kind of changed over the, obviously with pandemic, you hear all these crazy stories. And like even being here in Texas, we see a lot of California people come in I, well that was really weird to say it that way but californians oh yeah no it's an exodus happening yeah. like i we're even seriously contemplating moving to austin soon nice right. so and we visited and loved it i if you had told me a year ago that i was thinking of moving to texas i'd be like what yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. now i'm like no this sounds like a good idea yeah, yeah it's it's shifted for sure. Yeah. It is but, shifted but, for sure. 
even even in Austin, it is not cheap to live. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's right now it's probably a little bit cheaper than LA, but oh yeah, I, I know some or I've worked with some people that live in the suburbs around Austin. And they're like, the last year everything's just shot up like crazy. Like yeah, so I believe that because even we, I mean, we had looked at like a three bedroom, two bath house, and it was like. You can get it at like eighteen to two thousand, and here, like your one bedroom is minimum sixteen hundred, eighteen hundred, and you're like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> so we still are like, you can get a a big bang for your buck over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Especially if you're willing to live outside of the city. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, which I think is the plan anyway. We don't, we, we're trying to position ourselves to actually save and buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, here, I don't know. My intuition is just like, and even my other friends who play session work and they're just starting to like play sessions again and do, they've been doing a lot of like remote recordings this whole time. Yeah. Um, I can't really see this happening to the extent that it was functioning for at least another year or two, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it, yeah. it gets, and it's also really complicated for singers because it's our mouth and to like be in a room with people. Um, there's just a lot of logistics I think people are thinking about and, you know, there's like liability and things like that. So, um, I just don't, it's starting, it's like the engines are like starting to do it, but like, I just, the way, I mean, we're already almost in December of this year. Yep. <clears throat> so my spidey senses are like, might, might need to, uh, to leave soon. Yeah. Uh, just because we also live in an area, we're in West Hollywood. Okay. So, um, and I've lived, I've lived in North Hollywood and I've lived in Santa Monica on the West side. And now we're in like WeHo. Yeah. Uh, and it's been, it's been a little heartbreaking for me to see our city just get, I don't know. Yeah, um, it, the, it's done a massive change in the last year. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of unless it's interesting to talk to people about this in other neighborhoods because if you also if you're not having to leave your house or or can't, um, you're not really gonna see the physical changes. But yeah. um, the homelessness, it like everything here just got completely exacerbated. Yeah. Like I had my, my former boss that I used to um, work for for like three years, but work kind of slowed down. And then I started doing my own thing too artistically, but he's yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And when he visited here, maybe a few years ago, he was like, oh my God, the homelessness. Like it's yeah. just interesting to hear someone from Canada or another country, like, especially in LA yeah. when you come, because uh, honestly, if you're, if you don't have a home, California is your best bet to survive because of the weather. So yeah. I had told, I told him, I was like, if you thought it was Bad um, 
overwhelming prior, you are going to freak out the next time you come here. I mean, downtown has like completely changed Yeah, where it was like, okay, I don't, I don't feel like we're getting the help and resources that like the, the city's really needing because it's, um, there, and, and we also see people who look very new to the street too. And it's just kind that's like, that's a very brutal truth, but it needs to get talked about because I'm like, a lot of that also dives into addiction and mental illness and all these other things that I have a a major soft spot for to, um, really acknowledge and it's gotten bad and it's going to keep getting worse. And, uh, I, I, I've kind of reached a point where even though it's my home state, mm-hmm. um, I, I would almost rather support, have my money go into an economy where I'm like, okay, this actually feels like other things are happening and getting distributed to people in a different way than, than here. If yeah. that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Yeah. It is the, um, home or is the homelessness situation getting bad up in san francisco as well or is it just yeah okay yeah and the crime for both yeah Mm -hmm. that's just unfortunate but you know i know it's hard it's such a complicated thing because it's like when we were here i mean our our apartment we can hear a lot going on in like the street because we're in an alleyway so we can hear like noise bounce off of everywhere so Mm -hmm. like the stimulation of like constant sirens and helicopters i was like hang on this was not to this magnitude a year ago i'm like i know i'm like we're in the house but this was this you know it just there was definitely a point where opportunity opportunists took advantage of this time and there was also Uh, a portion of that where I think people got very cornered and so desperate that they were willing to do whatever it took to survive as well. So I think it's a, it's a lot of everything Mm -hmm. and it's all happening in the same ball, like tangled ball of things. So, and we're like, we're witnessing it and hearing it. And so that's why it's a very, like, if you don't live here, you would never know that that's happening, but, but it is. And, you know, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking for me to be like, God, this is my, my home state, (laughs) you know, this is, uh, it's going to take some time to like really bounce back. I think from this on a, on a, like a economic level and for the city to recover every level, it's going to take some time and effort to, kind of get back to a state of normalcy what it, like what it, that even means anymore you know right so i totally agree yeah. i think it's going to be a lot of patience is going to be happening to yeah. to actually see that that there's going to be i don't know if it will ever go back to normal to be yeah. honest i think people are have also kind of come to within themselves that they're like, mm, don't know if I am able to yeah. <laughs> repeat what I was conditioning myself to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. 
Yeah. So. So it's a lot of good change. I think it's just a lot of drastic, extreme things are all happening at the same time. And it's mm -hmm. kind of overwhelming to like process yeah. on so many layers and levels. But, yeah. you know, collectively, I think it's, it's a very, um, I'm actually very grateful to be born during this time because I think mm -hmm. we're witnessing a big shift for the positive in the yeah. long run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree as well. And if you do end up making that move to Austin, I know it's going to be amazing and just fun all around. So thanks, Tom. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's I think it's really going to happen. It's just a matter of when when, when we can swing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wait till after the year and just kind of see where things are when yeah when the new year hits because you know exactly it's one of those things that i've learned your life can change like super that. fast which yeah. we're also anticipating too i'm like okay every time i think this is happening we yep. get pulled this way <laughs> yep. Yep. um let's talk about so you've got the album coming out in um the early part of next year mm -hmm. what went into the song selection process and you know just let's talk about the song selection process and did you were you specifically writing to release an album or were you writing for like singles what, what was kind of the thought process as well um when i first when i actually first started the first song on the album took me almost like a year to finish okay so that the intention didn't really start with singles. It was like, it, I just ended up having sessions with Mitchell and was like, Hey, I'm getting a, a ton of ideas now. And, and stuff is kind of flowing through me. I think I was just creatively blocked for a long time, just pro like going through life. <laughs> and I was finally like opening up again and at that point it was like, I just want to make, I just want to make stuff that sounds beautiful and makes me feel really good. And it didn't even in, intend on that, that song that I'm talking about too, will be on the album, but we're like saving it. Cause it's a, it's a lot about boundaries and self-love and like saying yes to you and, and no to others, which we had ironically already talked about earlier, <laughs> but, um, once that one was kind of finished, mm -hmm. then a lot of other things started kind of like happening. Um, and I was just writing lyrics on my phone and was like, and then would start thinking of melodies. And then I was like, oh, I guess I can, I guess I can do this. <laughs> I think it was like, a, I had been in a supportive role for so long. I'm sure too, like you may have, probably experienced this with your with your jobs and just like working in a creative environment too yeah. where you're like your identity gets attached to like one thing and mm -hmm. for a long time I was like resisting or not thinking I could be an artist yeah. um or and then it, it just turned into this whole metamorphosis of like oh no I this is a lot of what I'm writing about too is very universal. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I thought that was pretty important too, um, just with intention to like help people feel heard and feel seen and feel good yep. just because there's so many things on a daily basis right now that it's like a combative sensation where you're like, this is like taking three times as much to feel good <laughs> right, right now with so much happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it just organically unfolded like that one song that finished that took a long time just cause yeah. it was so emotionally jerking for me to, to get out. And then once it was out, I was like, Oh, and then it kind of seemed like this whole well opened up of, um, creative flow. Yeah. And then that turned into, I actually had a team of people with it's so much better with a team because yeah. then you're like, cool, I can focus on this and people can help guide. But then the vision started happening of like, Oh, we, I can actually weave all of these into a project and have it be like this cathartic experience for listeners, especially if you did like a start to finish listen, mm -hmm. um, those are always crazy. I mean, like, I feel like Pink Floyd and those guys, they, they always did albums where it was like, if you start it, it's going to be an experience I'm not saying I'm Pink Floyd, but it's <laughs> no one is Pink Floyd, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where it was yep. like top to bottom and yep. you come out and you're like, dang, that yep. was a, that was yeah, a journey. Was experience. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's turning into, which is pretty cool. Nice. So you said the magic phrase that this album is meant to be listened from start to beginning as a complete project. So that brings up the next question of, are you going to print vinyl? Ooh, I think we have actually talked about that and that will probably happen eventually for awesome. sure. Awesome. Um, because most of the actually there's a there's many songs on this album that will sound so good on vinyl just because mm -hmm. of the the instrumentation there's a lot mm -hmm. of warm warm sounds so yep. i feel like on vinyl too it'll be just such a good cozy feeling um and even on the more like ballady poignant ones it'll still have that kind of like nostalgic um I don't know. There's yeah. something about vinyl where it's like gooey when you listen to it. You're like, yep. oh, this is so good. <laughs> I'm so excited that vinyl is made. Like, I don't want to call it's a, it a comeback. comeback because I don't want to call it a comeback because it's always been around. You just had to have been right. like the subculture, I guess. For sure. But now that it's kind of making the mainstream and when you go to Target, Best Buy, Walmart, and they've got mm -hmm. vinyl sitting out for sale. Like that's pretty cool. And the I, fact it's that it's like in the forefront too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's, pretty it's, it's awesome. really cool. And I mean, I need to get myself a little bit better of a uh, record player because I've got a little uh, one of those little suitcase Victrola deals that you can get. It yeah, yeah. Like 20, 30 <laughs> bucks. But I, you know, I got it when I wasn't sure how big vinyl was gonna get. I just yeah. kind of like the idea. And then it just started taking off. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should invest in a really good vinyl player. So, yep. But, that 
I think vinyl, once we figure out like vinyl and like merch, it'll be like the icing on the cake. Cause yeah. that'll be like the full, the full, the full thing of mm -hmm. experience. Um, right. but I totally agree. Uh, anytime I've even heard vinyl of even, I love it so much. Yeah. It, it's yeah. amazing. Um, so, so you're, you got the album coming out. Um, do you have any shows on the books coming up or is that kind of not a thing that you're worrying about at this point? Um, the, actually what we, we just started talking about was to do like a cool house show. Mm -hmm. That's, that's been happening here. Um, was always kind of a thing, even before pandemic times, mm -hmm. um, we had friends that would like host, musicians and it was like it became it became more of like a communal mm -hmm. exchange too which was really nice so um some of my friends in the film scoring industry were like it could be like a release a release party a yeah. pre-release thing and um she they got a really pretty backyard where it's like a big i think it's a massive oak tree mm -hmm. and like those little edison tea light bulbs yeah. and um, I think I'm going to try and get Mitchell to play guitar and maybe my friend who's an incredible cello player to play cello and do like a, an acoustic yeah. string situation and, and do all the songs and maybe like a little Christmas cozy cover yeah. and, and do that. And then after that kind of figure out other shows oh, we do have some other like live recording mm -hmm. sets that are like in yeah. the process of being booked. Yeah. I think for like December, January. So the, the synergy is actually aligning very well for, <laughs> for like the release of the project. And um, I at least wanted enough music of my own, you know, where, especially if we, um, whenever we nest in Austin, if that happens, um, I could open for somebody or, mm -hmm. um, have a set of my own and it'd be like, no, this is, this is all my music. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because you take like technically started your it solo music career in the middle of a pandemic. So a lot of this stuff not that it's something that you didn't think about, but it's something you didn't have to worry about at a point because like there wasn't live shows happening. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to just record play and see where we land when the, when the smoke clears. And right. now we're finally getting to that point where it's like, Oh, shows may be a very real possibility here. And right. Like, I mean, in Texas, they are, they're already mm -hmm. playing shows. They've been playing shows mm -hmm. pretty much since, November of last year, like, they, yeah. like there've been shows consistently going on. Um, and I think that's, that was the original appeal for musicians in Texas because shows never really stopped more than like two months. I think there's like a two month gap. Right. Shows were like, no, Pause. it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. What, what, was it something that you had started giving thought to before the pandemic hit to start working towards your solo career? Obviously you'd been writing music for a bit there, but um, yeah. Like what kind of went into the thought process? I think it, it was during. During? It was during. Yeah. I was not, 
I don't really, I'm not a person that likes attention on me, <laughs> which is kind of like, a <laughs> like I'm, I, which is hence why I was in such like supportive roles. Yeah. And like, I loved, um, helping other people shine. And then it was also like, I think it's just the whole, like, I had enough teachers who were like, it's not even about, there's a phrase where it's like, it's not about the talent. It's about like audacity mm -hmm. to do the thing. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously you will be talented on some level, but the people that end up doing it um, have the audacity to do so. Not necessarily because they're like, you know, out of, out of this world, talented, I'm, mm. you know, um, and to me that really resonated because sometimes I, I can know a lot of times I can be a perfectionist uh, of things and just have that kind of brain where I'm like, nope, yeah. just very critical. And then it, that really during the pandemic, it was like, um, tapping into a part of myself. I think I was going through so much healing on warp speed because I had the time mm -hmm. to actually like get the space process, feel rest and take care of myself um, and surround myself with really, really good people. Um, I was like, Oh, I, I can do this. I've been psyching myself out that I couldn't do this. Yeah. Oh, you know, so right. it's like, it's always like you are your own limitations, you know? Right. And that, that was kind of my big, um, moment where I was like, well, you're, you're not gonna, you know, it's funny. It's like when you make music, I even had teachers who, you're not going to die. Like no one is, <laughs> this is your, it's very easy to like get wet, like wrap yourself up in anxiety or fear about, how's this going to land? How's it, or, you know, it's just a vulnerable thing, especially mm. when you put yourself out there like that. But at this point, I've, I feel like I've been through the trenches as does everyone I feel. So I've, I've kind of reached my capacity. Like, ah, if it, if it's for you, it's for you. And if it's not, that's okay too. Cause there's plenty of other things for people to enjoy. And that, that was kind of freeing in a way to actually like go and do the thing and not be scared about it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we, we've kind of been jumping around a lot and I just kind of <laughs> want to clarify for a lot of the people that are listening, there's a lot of stuff we haven't talked about and I don't know if we'll quite get to it all because we right. can do it for another two, two hours, hours. <laughs> for another two hours. But you know, you, you, so like on paper, when you go and look at like Spotify, it says that your solo career just started, was it August when the first? Like April. April. Yeah. Yeah. So it just started in April, but you have a pretty, pretty storied career so far. Like, you know, you've done like, um, done background singing for a few different people and then mm -hmm. you've also got the film scoring stuff, mm -hmm. which is actually really interesting because your first film I wish my first film was of the caliber of Despicable Me 3. <laughs> I know. Like, the, just like that. Like, I mean, I didn't see Despicable Me 3, but just like. That's okay. You, it's a franchise. <laughs> yeah, it's a franchise. It's a big name, you know, just everything. Yeah. So, you know, 
let's talk about that for a second. How did you get into the film scoring? Uh, yeah, it's, I was an intern. Mm -hmm. I started as an intern. Um, the first composer I, I interned with was Bear McReary, who does The Walking Dead and Black Sails and Outlander. And he has got a ton of shows under his belt. Um, and that job was how I landed my studio mm -hmm. manager position. Uh, I only was there for like a summer and I was doing more like admin intern yeah. work and just like, like helping like, out like, with whatever like they coordinating needed. Coordinating and stuff, right? Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even that. So it was sometimes it was also like, hey, we need lunch or we need this or, you know, it was like whatever they needed. Yeah. Um, you kind of act like a runner, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just help alleviate the process because it's like this. That whole world is very stressful just oh, because oh, of how tight deadlines are and how much money is usually involved as well. Um and then after that, I worked at Remote Control Productions, which is Hans Zimmer's company. Um, and he has his own studio in Santa Monica where he rents out different spaces um, to other composers. So I worked with Heitor Pereira, who is this super talented man from Brazil. And he used to be the guitarist for like Simply Red um, mm -hmm. and was a pretty well-known like he played a lot of sessions, especially mm -hmm. for Hans. And then um, I, I, from what I was told, he was able to think of melodies quite quickly on the fly. And then it kind of got into that realm of like, and now we're writing music for film and then yeah. landed the whole Minion um, franchise yeah. and Despicable Me. So he did a lot of like family animation movies, mm -hmm. which is its own beast because with animation, they can change picture mm -hmm. uh, with live actual footage. You like match it to that, to the actual, you know, what's happening in action in real time. What you have is what you exact, have. Exactly. Yeah. And with animation, they're like, we change this. And you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Yep, yep. and then I did, we did that and I did the nut job too there. So there's some good, uh family films that came out and then after that i ended up working for andrew lockington mm -hmm. and would work from home yeah and i had kind of this is when i actually now that i think about it i had a sense that i was wanting to shift more towards being an artist mm -hmm. and i had kind of forewarned him like hey would I work like part-time and, and just do whatever you need me to do admin wise. Um, is that cool? Just so that I can have the freedom to, to gig, but I was still on the train of like being a vocal, uh, mm. like a contractor myself as a vocalist to yeah. sing for other people or do session work or do other gigs in LA. And he was like, yeah, totally fine. And I yeah. was like, Oh my God. Okay. And, and then it just kind of kept transitioning. Now that I think about it, it was like layer, it was like full blown focus management. And then we kind of teetered to part-time yep. and we're gigging more and we're singing more in front of people. Um, and now I'm like completely doing my own work. It's the mm -hmm. first time where I was like, 
oh no, I'm actually like singing my own yeah. stuff. And like, cause before it was always like, Hey, she's an alto and can hold harmonies. Get her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And she can, she can hold the weird parts <laughs> that nice. no one wants to sing. Yeah. I love singing them. Some people don't. <laughs> so are you still doing working in the film scoring aspect or is that completely done and you're focused hundred percent on uh, it? For now it's, it's on pause. Mm -hmm. um, what's been interesting is I've been able to carry so much of what I was witnessing and hearing from mm -hmm. that world into my own music with like instrumental layers and the the kind of sounds like the lushness that you would sometimes hear and like it it does have a cinematic effect to it where if you actually it's like you could see a movie in your brain i don't know when you when you hear certain songs um and especially if it like got synced to picture you know i didn't even intend for that to happen i mean that's a that's a dream of mine that i hope comes true soon but um yeah, it's like it's here with me in just a different form. Now mm -hmm. I'm just not doing that. I'm I incorporated elements of it into my own craft, which is which is nice. Yeah. What's been the hardest part about writing your own music? Mm. I think for me too, um I have a habit of having expectations that <laughs> can kind of bite bite me in the butt. Yeah. But it's also been allowing enough room for, um, I think, unexpected changes to come up where it's like even the people I've talked to who sometimes because I have such a planner brain because I had done so much management work and other organizational things that it was like, OK, if you actually have a date to release a song or whatever, sometimes things happen where you have to push. And I think that was like, and, and the, the large, the larger answer to that question is giving up control, yeah. <laughs> which I was like, Hmm. Okay. Here we go. I'm just going, we're trusting. This yeah. is good. Um, and and actually having a team that I can depend on and rely on has been massive because I wouldn't have felt as comfortable to, to do that. Um, only, only because change is uncomfortable for me and mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people. So that, yeah. that kind of like smoothed the transition a bit, but for sure that was the hardest thing is to like give up my, my control and just like let things happen the way they needed to happen. Yep. Absolutely. I completely understood. At least you got a team around you that's there to help yeah. support you. That that's gotta be a very important aspect to everything. Like as much as you could, as much as you want to sit here and say, Oh, I can do it by myself. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you can, but it's like, there's so when you're independent you're, there's so many things and you can only get so far i feel without it like taking your energy and attention away from actually creating your music like yeah. especially as a musician your job is to create the music right. and 
I, you know, like the, there, there's the argument to be made about being active on your own social media. And I think there's an authenticity, like we, you mentioned authenticity and yeah. earlier, I think there's a certain level of authenticity when the musician runs their own Facebook page. Oh, totally. Whatever, whatever their social yes. media. Of Instagram, is. all of it. Yeah. But that being said is it's like, there's so much social media out there where it's like, I know. I have a hard enough time running Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And then you throw TikTok on top of there. And I don't have the personality for TikTok. So it's like. I know. Oh, Me either. Yeah. I think it was like, after if you were born after like 1990, you were like, eh, don't need. I don't know. That I think I'm just old enough. I'm old enough and young enough to be like, I can get down with these. This one I don't understand yet. <laughs> Actually, I like the um, the Clubhouse app. I oh, yeah. Use it that that one is awesome. Like Clubhouse yeah. is just awesome. I, I, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't use it a whole lot because they started incorporating same features in other social media apps. But, right. you know, like that whole, especially during the pandemic where you could just have conversations about whatever it is. Yeah. It's really cool. So, yes. Yeah, I like that one a lot. You can meet some incredible people through oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah, portal. for sure. Um, so, don't want to keep you too much longer, but <laughs> how is it? I know I'm like an hour's gone by. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm just sitting here looking, like thinking about what we talked about. I'm like, oh, we haven't touched on this. We haven't touched on this. We haven't touched on this. Okay, well, we, all, we covered a lot of ground. I still feel. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's where we've got next week's podcast. We can also true. Um, but outside of music, uh, yeah. what when you need to escape and just kind of decompress, or when you decide to take that six week break because you're burnt out? Yeah. What what is your go to? What are some of your hobbies? You know. Uh, I I love walking. I know that sounds so simple, but. I used to be a runner and then my knees were like, what are you doing? Um, so <laughs> I start, we just, we walk a lot. Um, we, we try at least to do like, I don't know, sometimes a 45 minute mm -hmm. situation, at least to get in the sun too. And like, look, I'm a very, I, I respond to, to stimuli in nature as like, we all I, I'm like, we are nature. So like, when you do see nature, you're like, this is resonating. <laughs> um, and that's a big one for me to just like go out and I don't have my phone with me and, um, just kind of look at all of, and, we get to see the the seasons change. I know it's like Los Angeles seasons change, which isn't a big difference, yeah. but stuff that blooms and stuff that's like changing. And it's just kind of nice to, to look at. Um, Cause it is beautiful here. Mm -hmm. There's like, for sure, amazing pockets like of, of this city that still exists. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I'll, I'll do yoga mm -hmm. or stretch. I'm kind of tall. So my, my back, like, otherwise I gotta like get, get things moving. So yeah. I'm not like stiff and achy just cause oh, yeah. I feel it's super easy to have like emotions get trapped in your body right now too. 
<clears throat> and then, um, yeah, other, other than that, if I'm also like needing to like detach, I like, I'll just listen to music. Obviously that's not my own. I just put on headphones and we'll like lay there and, um, I will literally type in like calming da, 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 on Spotify or like binaural beats <laughs> and then like go from there uh, and, and do that. Or, and, and we cook a lot too, which is also like a very therapeutic thing. Uh, so those are kind of some of the things they're all very self-care, yeah. self-care, but, hey, um, but in this day and age, that's very important, especially with everything that's been going on the last year and a half. Yeah. Like even just outside of personal experiences, just in general in America, the last year and a half, mm-hmm. self care is so important right now. Like just in general. Yeah. Speaking in general terms. So exactly. I agree. So crazy that 2021 is almost over. <laughs> Honestly, when October hit, I was like, we're done. Cause as yeah. soon as Halloween is here, it's like, thanksgiving christmas new year's <laughs> it was like vanished <laughs> I, I woke up last week and i had a panic attack because i realized it was like november and i'm like yeah. wait what where'd this year like i mean i know where the year went but but where where did it go yeah where uh, did it, yeah i so. still i honestly feel time is moving quite faster yeah. i don't know if that's just me but this year in particular, I was like, okay, no, this is, uh, uh, are we moving? This is, this is different. This is feeling different. And it could just be, I'm getting older. And maybe it's just one of those things where we know all pretty much all of last year was, I felt like last year was like the slowest Mm -hmm. a year ever went. Mm -hmm. And now that we're, kind of getting back to normal whatever that means anymore right it's like oh life's gonna pass you right by like you, you need to pay attention and get on the ball like whatever right. that means to you so <laughs> right yeah i 100 agree yes I can't believe like two weeks it's thanksgiving it's crazy this is it's uh you know we're yeah. just we're finding the joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had this six week vacation on my uh, calendar for a month and a half already. And I just realized yesterday, it's like, oh, that six week vacation is like next Monday. Oh, and you're like, what am I going to do with myself? We yep. have so many options. Right yep. now. <laughs> and I, I don't like, I want to make sure that I use the time to take care, like take care of what I need to take care of. I don't want to end up sitting on the couch for six weeks straight. Yeah. Cause that's not going to do anybody any good. Like, yeah, maybe right. I'll get some rest, but sitting on the couch for six weeks. Yeah. That sounds fun, but not going to, really help me in any way so no i think you'll do a little salt and pepper of stuff i'm sure yeah sprinkle well, it in there baking that's that'll probably be what i end up doing mm. is, I'll, with it being christmas with time i love to eat christmas cookies so that'll probably yeah. be, that'll probably be my thing that's that sounds like a great plan and also not having a plan is good too yeah yeah 
We'll, we'll leave it right there. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't have a plan, but it'll probably involve Christmas cookies. That's it. That's that's all we need to know. That's, yes. that's amazing. You're setting yourself up for success just with that. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I want to thank, first off, I want to thank you for jumping on the podcast. Um, and I hope to see you down in Austin here soon. Yeah. Um, however quickly it'll happen. However it uh, happens. You know, because it's one of those things where it's like, been looking at moving to Austin. There's just so much work available down there. It's like, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be that because I'm when I move, I make big moves. Ah, I, you know, like I moved from Chicago to Southern Illinois. Okay, and so like that wasn't a big big move, but it was right. like, considering I hadn't really ever moved more than an hour before, like five six hours. That's a pretty big move. Yes. Um, and then I moved out to Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, and then I moved to Tallahassee. Oh, my God. And then I moved back out to Waco. And at one point, I was in the process of moving up to uh, Williston, North Dakota. So it was just kind of like all these really big moves. What? And it's like, I think the next one needs to be a little bit more. Small. Small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's a bit, that's been the case for me too. It was like Bay Area, Boston, Bay Area, LA. Yeah. Now it'll be Austin whenever that'll, whenever that'll be. But yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having me too. This was very, um, the time flew by. Yeah. I'm sitting here like, oh, wait. (laughs) Uh, but i really appreciate it um if people want to check out uh your album when it drops the new single when it drops uh any upcoming shows where's the best place for them to do that uh my website which is just my name nice and easy makinggrainy.com um, and then, uh, my Patreon is there too. If, if you want to support the, the art that I make too, that's a big platform artists are using too, for, to be able to do the things that we're doing. Yep. And then Instagram is just Megan.grainy. So it's, once you have my name, you can find me on all the things. Yep. And then the album will be on all the streaming uh, platforms that you can think of, which is so many that DistroKid now (laughs) sends to. But um, same thing with the single. It will be very easy to find. We're going to make it easy to find the music and to find me. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So one last question I have to ask. Sure. What's one thing that you miss about the Bay Area that you just can't get in L.A.? Oh, or it's not the same. Yeah. Don't, I don't even mean to sound like a hater, but the people, (laughs) 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 the people are like different. It's just a different vibe. I don't know. And totally. I sound like such a Californian. It's a vibe, but it's more, it's the, it's just a way more soulful, laid back, um, easy. I don't know. It's just like, I would, I would say that it has a, it has a totally different tone to it up there culture wise and even nature too. 
Like I, I miss being able to see like, cause down here is different. We have yeah. desert and mountains yeah. and like beach, which is awesome, but <clears throat> I'm a big fan of trees. Yeah. So we, we've got a lot more, uh, trees up there and you can actually get the season change a little more because it'll be colder up there so i would say i would say those those are my those are my most missed things it's yeah. just the the way your body kind of feels yeah. around people and the conversations you can naturally have with people um are, are a little bit different yeah. than Absolutely. here 100 percent. yeah i i guess i can't say it agree because i've never been to san francisco but it makes sense it's a good time and it's and san francisco's too is also so different in its own hub than the bay area like when you go into berkeley yeah sorry i keep keep saying san francisco but that's no it's okay it's it's all it's so big yeah it's just like there's so much there's so much stuff to see um so i would i would say you can get a lot of everything wherever you it, you go it's like mm-hmm. i mean down here is a big melting pot too but it's um i don't know it's also yeah. home so it's just a it's just like a cozy nostalgia when mm-hmm. i'm there you know yeah yeah completely understood well once again i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast it's been a blast talking with you and i look forward to talking more next week about yes a lot of the stuff that we didn't get a chance to talk about today. <laughs> you know, it, it was just sitting here. It's like, luckily we have next week. Cause we do, we have yeah. next Sunday. Yeah. That's just a week from today, everyone. Yeah. Yep. So make sure you tune into the uh, pan can virtual podcast fundraiser in honor of my mother. It'll, yes. it'll be a good time. I was contemplating on starting a ticker on how many times tears are brought to my eyes, but oh. I'm not really an emotional person. So I, that would be kind of embarrassing. It, it just sat at zero the entire time. So who knows? Now yeah. you put it out there. We have no idea where it could go. Yeah, absolutely. So on Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll see how all of next weekend turns out. And I look forward to talking to you next Sunday. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you all later. Yeah.